It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone. If you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. So congratulations on your first child together. You You know, on Instagram, I could feel, even through just my little screen, a kind of palpable joy. And then I looked at all the responses, and actually some of them made me tear up because other people were so joyful for you. It's like they were a part of it. Did you you feel that too? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think trying to be as transparent as possible through so much of my fertility journey and our fertility journey, people are feel seen. Yeah. They feel like they're not alone and they want to know the outcome. They want to have hope that somebody somewhere is having better luck than they are. And so for them to finally see us with our baby mm. just felt like, yeah, it is possible. I can do this. This can be, I'm already getting choked up. This can be my reality. Mm. And it was... So throughout so much of my life, I've realized that so many people are suffering in silence. And every time we're more candid and transparent about our journeys, no matter what those journeys are, you are allowing people to be seen and heard and empowered in ways that they've never been. So her arrival, there has been so much joy and celebration because of what she represents for a lot of people. Are you still sleepless and delirious? (laughs) Got a couple nights. You got a couple nights. She gave us... She gave us a little bit. She was like, okay, I know my parents. They need a little sleep tonight, but I'm, tomorrow I'm up. Yeah. I, I love what you posted. That we are sleepless and delirious, but so excited to share that our miracle baby arrived last night via surrogate and will forever be etched in our hearts as the most loveliest of all the lovely days. Welcome to the party, sweet girl. Yeah. yeah. So you were you there for the delivery? You were there for everything. We've been there for, I mean... We was there for 36 hours. Yeah. For 36 just hours. Waiting in a room. <laughs> just we waiting did. on her arrival. Yeah. 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 But I mean, the whole process yeah. to even get to the point of deciding we're going to get, you know, uh, to use a surrogate, mm-hmm. finding a surrogate, you know, every appointment, every ultrasound, every, you know, there was at one Taking point. Taking video with our phone. Yeah, really? Every ultrasound. We got all of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. trying to feel as a part of the birth process as possible since it's happening outside of both of us. But it's, it's been a long journey. In her 2017 New York Times bestselling memoir, We're Going to Need More Wine, Gabrielle writes about how the couple met, their 2014 wedding, 
and her role as stepmother to three growing boys. After so many years of trying, you're finally a mother at 46. Yeah. And I think I read in We're Gonna Need More Wine, great title for a book, by the way, <laughs> that you never were even interested in children no. until his children. So you fell in love with his boys. Yeah. Like, and that made you want to have children. So you never were one of those girls growing up naming your children in the seventh grade. No. Yeah, no. I wasn't either, but mm -mm. my friend Gail was. So I'm like, <laughs> I try to be respectful of the women who, Gail goes, you didn't want children in the seventh grade? No. No, it, it looked exactly as it is. I saw motherhood and parenthood with very realistic eyes. It looked hard mm -hmm. um, yes. when I wanted a life of like flitting around the country and yeah. the lack of responsibility yeah. and all of that. And parenthood is- is um, Sacrifice. Sacrifice and being consistent. Yeah. And being present. And being present, yeah. And, uh, and then he got full custody. And uh, I signed up for the boys quicker than I signed up for him. She thought she was getting a man that had the weekend kids. <laughs> she then, didn't know she was getting a the, man that had like- Real responsibilities, yes. yeah. Yeah, but I love, too, how you describe how they proposed to you. Can you tell us that story of how they proposed to you? Yeah, so we was building our new home in Miami, mm -hmm. and it was uh, it was around Christmas. We were actually having a Christmas party um, that night with our team. So I decided that before our home you know, got built, I wanted it to be special. I wanted our room. I did it on our balcony of our bedroom. I wanted it to be special. So I decided that she was not just marrying me. She was marrying all of us because wow. she wasn't just accepting me. She had the, it was the whole group. So I had them down by the pool and I had them make their own signs. And I had each one say, it was like, will you marry us? And so I took her outside to look at the water and everything. And she looked and the boys down there with a sign. And at first she like, what is going on? And then I'm, so I get behind her and I, I get on like a yoga mat because <laughs> I couldn't put my knees down. <laughs> and, um, and I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for her to turn around and she reading the boys say, will you marry us? Oh, and you thought it was a joke at first. Well, because the boys had been like kind of pushing us to be a real family. Okay. So as someone, like I said, I committed to them <laughs> before I committed to, to him. So I'm at the school, I'm, you know, doing parent-teacher conferences. I'm at the recitals and, and the games and everything. But they're like, we need to be a real family. We're not a real family. You're like my dad's girlfriend. We, we want to be a real family. So they had been having these conversations and he's like, okay, ixnay, we haven't worked out the brain up. Um, but like, <laughs> they, they were much more really wanting a family, yeah. their version of what a family yes, is. Yes. So I thought they had done it on their own. And I'm like, oh God, this is worse than like my parents like forcing him. Yeah. They've they, they done made these signs. And so I, I'm more turning around like, oh my God. Um, like, what am I gonna do with what this you, Like, baby, look. Right. And he was obviously- He, he was obviously they, He was in, in on it. it. But I, and so that just gutted me. So then did the miscarriages start soon after that? Yeah, it would have been almost a year later. That it was the first one that is, like my arm is like going numb, think about it. You're so excited, yeah. you know? Um, we had done uh, about three rounds uh -huh. of IVF at this point, and we had implanted two, two embryos, one took, we get the pregnancy test, we're very excited, we get the positive results. Uh, the doctor gives us this call, and it was during All-Star All Weekend, Weekend in, in, in New, New York. York. And we get the call that we're pregnant. And I'm I'm shaking. I'm actually heading into an interview and, and he's doing all-star stuff. And I'm shaking, I'm calling him, and we're all like everyone who's around me, we're all just crying. 
And so we were we were just overjoyed. And it was the it was the best few days I've ever had in life. And then you go back in for additional testing and they're gone that fast. Wow. But in those few days, because we were so excited and, you know, so many people had been so excited for us to start a family or, you know, mm -hmm. between the two of us, we told everybody. And but now no, we got to. No, 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 you told everybody. <laughs> she was like, babe, I was like, babe, we're not going to tell anybody. She's like, okay. As soon as we got out in public, it was like, ah! Yes. I, is, you know, Which you I understood. Just you know? Didn't, I was so excited. you're so excited. Yeah. And then you have to go back and tell those people, like, it, it didn't, it didn't make it. It didn't, you know, she didn't make it. They, so, you know, the, the, the irony, I mean, the fact that you went through eight or nine, because it's, it becomes like a blur that you even lost count. Mm -hmm. Was there a time before even eight or nine, just give up? No. No, never. I'm one of those people that I failed at all kinds of things repeatedly. <laughs> I've just always been of the mindset because this is what people tell you. You work hard, you do the right things, you're a good person. It will happen for you eventually. Maybe not the yeah. first couple times, but. But eight or nine, you might want to listen. You'd think. Yes. But I was, I could not let go of this idea of creating this life within me that I could feel that tied me to him. That, that he could be a part of, that the world could be a part of. I'm not letting myself and all these people down. I need to be pregnant for everybody, including myself. But let me share something with you. As we're going through this process, oh, I'm watching my wife who I know all these things and I want this for us and I want this for her. But I'm watching her do things to her body and to herself that is, is getting to the point where it's not healthy. And as I always told her, I want this baby just as much as you do, but I married you and you are the most important thing to me. So it came to a point where, you know, I started to feel a certain way about that because I didn't want something to happen to her. And it was getting dangerous. You know, see, we were trying so much and so many things and so many different methods and it was getting dangerous and I was getting nervous. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. You actually write in here 
For three years, my body has been a prisoner of trying to get pregnant, either been about to go into an IVF cycle, in the middle of an IVF cycle, or coming out of an IVF cycle. I have endured eight failed IVF cycles with my body constantly full of hormones. And as you've probably figured out by now, yes, I'm constantly bloated from these hormones. What were you thinking by the eighth time? This is what you mean by it was starting to get, yeah. you felt like it too much. It was starting to get dangerous. And you, you listen to all the doctors, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, you know, it's another surgery that we can do. And that's when I, I had to step in and say, baby, <laughs> it's me and you, you know? I want to grow old with you. And, you know, I want this, I want our miracle baby, but I want you. And once we got to that point, and I think she heard me, that's when we started to look at what's the other possibilities to help mm -hmm. us, you know, bring our baby into the world. And that's when we started to learn more and get introduced to surrogacy. It's hard to let go of that. I mean, it's still hard to let go of that. The, that you're not going to carry the baby. Yeah. Yeah. And did I fail? in some kind of way? Am I defective in some kind of deep? <laughs> just, am I defective in some kind of way? Am I less than in some kind of way? Am I less worthy in some kind of way? And everyone sees it because we've been on bump watch since bef well before we got married. What's interesting about that is the very stigma that you want to erase in the world, particularly for other Black women, because you know we carry this. We carry this from the African village where somebody's still giving a dowry of goats and, mm -hmm. you know, cows, that if the woman is, quote, barren, which is such a hard word mm -hmm. and a harsh word, if the woman doesn't bear children, then there are communities where they're like, give me my cows back because yeah. you didn't produce. Mm -hmm. And so you're carrying that somewhere primally inside yourself. Those well, feelings. And, and, and it's actually being said in my comment section. Yes. Like, he deserves a younger woman that can have kids for him. He deserves uh, a whole woman. He deserves a real oh woman. Oh, my Lord. Why he, are you reading those comments? But you know, you, you, you know you, you're like, oh, don't read the comments. Is what I say to other people. Don't yeah. read the comments. Yeah. You know, somebody, you know, in yeah. their mother's basement. And, yes. you know, who cares about them? As I'm like, what, you, what know, saying you know, reading you. it myself. Well, and, you're reading them and it's hitting the nerve that you already have. It's what you, I'm already feeling yeah, about myself. Because the comments can't affect you unless you already think it yourself. Exactly. Right? When somebody says, says, oh, this is a dumb bee. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm not a dumb bitch. I know, like, you know, I, yeah. it, I don't even, it doesn't even register. But when people say things that land, because it's what you're feeling about yourself, mm -hmm. it can just send you into this spiral. And then because there is this public pressure for us to procreate, and every time I'm bloated, and, you know, we went to a ball, we, we think we went to like an Amphar ball in New York, and I had this beautiful dress on, and when I was fit for it, my stomach was flat. And that's the fun part about your yeah. body going through wacky things, hormones. I could wake up, flat stomach. By like three hours later, I literally look like I am six months pregnant. Wow. And so by the time I put this dress on, my stomach is protruding in a way that I can't conceal it with Spanx. I can't tie it up. I can't do anything. Spanx. You know what's and, interesting? And, they, and the paparazzi caught me leaving the hotel. And so by a... the time we got to the event, I was pregnant. Ah. Uh. That's and then there's said. no baby to show. Yeah, that's what they said. So you're living with all of that, too, the public stigma. It's interesting what you just said. You said that one of the comments you read was, like, he deserves a younger woman. 
And I hadn't even thought about the age difference, but was the age difference also affecting the way you felt about yourself and the relationship? You know, it never has, and except when we're listening to music and deciding what concerts to go to. I never think about our <laughs> age difference, really. But the second I walked through the very first fertility doctor's door, it was, you're old, you automatically have X, Y, and Z. And if you, if there's any trouble, it's what, due to your age. What is old now? What is considered old? Uh, by fertility standards, yeah. anything older than like 34. Um, you are officially high risk. You have diminished ovarian reserve. You are officially, you're, you may have a tough time. Well, and then so when you're 25, you know, Lena Dunham has been uh, yeah. very open and transparent and she's, she's become a friend through yeah. adenomyosis. She's in her 20s. So when you're, when you're talking about having reproductive uh, health issues, mm -hmm. it's happening younger and younger. So... When an older woman walks in, they immediately dismiss anything else as it's just your age. After seeing the world's leading IVF doctors for a number of years, I was finally correctly diagnosed with adenomyosis. And what does that mean? Adenomyosis is endometriosis of the muscle. Anyone can, any woman can get endometriosis or adenomyosis at any age and it can cause diminished ovarian reserve. Mm -hmm. So what they're just automatically assuming is age-related diminished ovarian reserve, it's actually tied into adenomyosis. In my 20s, when I first sought treatment from my OB about this incredibly heavy, long period that was lasting almost a third of the month, heavy clotting, heavy periods, extremely painful. They said, we're gonna put you on the birth control pills to, to regulate, regulate your period. Periods, yeah. The problem is when you're on birth control, you're not actually having a period yeah. <laughs> because it's the absence of, it's, it's shutting down you ovulating. So a period is, you know, the, 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 the sloughing away of your yes. uterine lining. If you're never ovulating, you're not actually having a period. So that breakthrough bleeding that you get every month that's coming on time that seems to be regulated is just you taking the placebo pill and it's breakthrough bleeding. It's not actually a period. Didn't you know, know that. all these things now, right? Yes. Yes. But I, yes. I didn't know that. I took. <laughs> I was on the pill for 20 years, so I thought by the time I get off the pill, I will be ready because yes. my period has been fixed. And now it's not. Now it's, I'm, I'm, I've I'm, had the same thing in my 20s that I have in my 40s because that 10-day period that came back, the heavy, heavy period that that came back, the painful, super cloudy period came back. Nothing has been fixed. But I would have had the same issues in my 20s and I was not correctly diagnosed or treated. Mm. And we have, especially in the black community, we have a higher incidence of endometriosis, adenomyosis, fibroids, cysts. And also in the black community, it happens to so many women, so many women suffer in silence. And also we're the last people to go to seek help about yes. anything. Yes. And we get a lot of misinformation yes. that's been passed down generation upon generation. Even you, like from the time you get your period, it's you got the curse. You know, yeah. this is the woman's curse. You can get pregnant now. And that's really all we say. So you're, use, you're thinking words like curse and you're worried about pregnancy, but when you have irregular periods, heavy periods, extremely painful periods, you're thinking it's nobody's part of the talking curse. about it. Nobody's talking. So you're talking. not thinking maybe this isn't normal, so we don't get help. Right. But so much of it is shrouded and in we, secrecy. And we suffer. And I was going to say, and we suffer in silence. How did you feel when you read Michelle Obama's book and you saw that? I mean, and I, I, I said to her, I mean, you didn't have to say that, but she shared with the world that she and Barack Obama used IVF in order to have their two beautiful girls. We feel that we, we have a responsibility, mm -hmm. right? And in the African-American community, we have a responsibility to, to educate, 
right, yeah. through our life experiences. The good that we show when we go on our vacations, yeah. that's us just showing, you know, you can do, you life can is live, good. right? Life is and good. You can, you can do that can, too. You know, no matter where you're from. But also when we have, you know, when my wife sit down and write a book and she talks about everything we've been through to this point, it's, uh, it's us educating. It's us having a responsibility. So what Michelle did and what Barack did, I mean, that for us was like, thank you. Another strong voice, another strong, powerful voice in African-American community stepping up and educating and, and having a responsibility and, and standing up saying, you know what, you're not the only one. Look at us. We do, we have went through this and that as well. So it was great for us. And we was like, you know what, this is the reason that we decided to come out and we decided to talk about, you know, everything that we've been through. You write in, we're going to need more wine. Yes, I would like to have kids. They ask, when are you starting? Have you had trouble? Are you facing infertility? What's wrong with your uterus? Do you have vaginal issues? Wanting and not having opens you to all these rude, insensitive, prying questions that people ask. One of my producers had said to me that, that when you have children outside of what, what, quote, what people think is normal, everybody thinks they have the right to be in your business. That if you're just a, quote, couple, Having a baby, nobody says, oh, did you have sex last night? And how long did you have sex? And did the egg, the sperm, did it connect? But when you're using other methods, people feel like they can just ask you anything. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Is it your eggs? And what happened? And how did it happen? Did you get all those questions? Everything. Oh Every <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what, what color is the baby going to come out? They, they don't know. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> my, my dad, my own father, I've explained the whole process ad nauseum. Like we had early Thanksgiving because my husband has to go back to work. My dad was like, so you found a light-skinned surrogate. What? <laughs> no, what, wait, what? There's no genetic tie, dad. It's a gestational carrier. Maybe we should use that phrase more because- We're I, using her body. We're you, like she was, she was gracious enough to allow us to, to put our embryo in, in her womb and she, she was able to cook our baby for us, but there is no genetic Connection. Uh, connection to but, the and, You know, something you just said, are we still having discussions in families about light skin? Oh, if you don't think people can... First of all, our baby is, what, not even two weeks. Yeah. The first thing, because she's, you know, it's kind of chilly in our house. She's got her little hat on. Yeah. And she has the, this little thing that covers her hand, so she has to scratch her face. People peel back the little hand thing to see the, the color on her nail beds. They pull back the hat to see her ears. Oh, they want to know. You are kidding me. No. Like, like wow. we don't know what we look like, and we would have somehow have a problem with having a baby that looks like us. Wow, that that makes my eyes water. I did not know that we were still there. People are still looking at the color because I heard if you look at the tip of the ears, that's going to tell you what color the baby yeah, is. And, and what do y'all think about that? Colorism in, in the black community? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Colorism. <laughs> colorism. That's another special. I know you write. I know you write about it a lot. And uh, we need more wine, but. With your own baby at this at this stage? Well, that's that's the least of our concerns and worries. We were more concerned about the jaundice, but like, <laughs> yeah. and the, because she had, she was born with jaundice, she's changed colors a hundred times. But we were more concerned that she was. Oh boy. We thought she was too pale, and we were like waiting for her to catch up to us. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't a matter of let's slow down her coloring yeah. process. It was let's get a healthy baby, yeah. and we don't we don't care about yeah. her color. <laughs> but every, a lot of people who came to visit, black people, our family members, that was the first stop. But like I'm like, you ain't slick. I saw you peel back the the hat to see your ears to see what color she is. Yeah. 
Wow, that is pretty. To amazing. see what her real color is going to be. To see what her real color is going to be. Mm -hmm. So what was the mo <laughs> okay? Shut yeah. my mouth. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. What was the most hurtful thing that was said to you during the process of you trying to figure out what you were going to do going through miscarriage after miscarriage? Through, throughout the process? Mm -hmm. There's uh, been I wasn't so really, many. I wasn't really, you know, I try to tell my wife the same. Let's don't look at that stuff. You know, I think for me, the most hurtful thing was once we had our baby mm -hmm. and everyone started to talk about why is she in the bed holding a baby? Why she got a gown on? Why is she acting like she just had the baby? And it's like, once again, people are uneducated mm -hmm. on the process mm -hmm. and, and why, the, why we decided to go skin to skin as soon as our baby came out. Yeah, I heard some things about the hospital gown. You want to explain that? Yeah. When our surrogate, you know, her water uh, broke, we all, I mean, I was in L.A. I was actually headed to work. Luckily, I have an amazing job and being the boss actually kind of helps in these situations. Yeah. Me and Jessica Alba. So we already had a plan in place. I plan immediately kicked in. I headed down to the hospital. D got on a jet. Was like we were immediately there. It was a really long labor, so we were all just kind of waiting and preparing and praying. And my mom flew in, and so by the time the doctor decided to do a C-section, that was not our birth plan, but that's what ended up happening. The cord was tied Tired. around her ankle, so she had to come out via C-section. But we had our own room from the time she was born. We all, our surrogate, our surrogate's husband me and my husband, we all had a chance to all bond together. It took all of us to create her. So we all had this time together and our surrogate went into recovery and we, uh, us and the baby, were able to go immediately to another hospital room. But it's a hospital room. It's the beds that are used for pregnant women. It's not the bed that we would have chose because obviously he's Shrek and cannot fit <laughs> in, a, in a regular hospital bed. But we climbed in there together. I got a hospital gown. I had one of my um, New York and Company sweaters on, but skin to skin was, was kind of hard. And because the doctors kept coming in and other family members, I, a gown is easiest to slide to, to have, you know, full, be fully, you know, yes. skinned up skin uh, for skin to skin. It was easier to have skin to skin in a hospital gown as opposed to the clothes that I came in. He can take off his shirt, nobody cares. I mean, well, perhaps people care, it was a good sight. But for a woman, it was just a little bit for modesty. It was easier it was, and it was easier. to hold the baby without yeah. your and big sweater on. Yeah, and we're in a hospital on. bed because that's what's in the room. <laughs> you know what I mean? For, yeah. Because that's, it's a hospital room. And so people had stuff to say about they that. They had all kinds of stuff to yeah. say. They thought, what, you were delirious and thought you'd had the baby or Well, well, well to, what, I, what? as much as I love Handmaid's Tale, it has not helped anyone who has gone, <laughs> who's going through surrogacy. Yeah. So it's this idea that like the baby was born and we snatched the baby, we ran off and then tried to pretend like, like she had I had it. some yeah. sort of secret pregnancy. Baby, I just showed my abs yeah, in the bikini the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like for a reason, I wasn't hiding 
a pregnancy, yeah. I was trying to do skin to skin and in the available space that was sterile and, and available. So you're having this actual, this conversation because you want people to be clear on what happened. You want to erase the stigma for other people. Mm -hmm. And you also want to get people out of your business, I'm pretty sure. Well, we actually, I feel like are pretty, pretty open about people being in our business, but if you're gonna be in our business, have the right information. Exactly. You know what I mean? I actually needed to look at the comments. So when we, when we were able to come speak with you and have this huge platform, I wanted to figure out where is the disconnect? Where is the misinformation? You have to just eliminate the haters. There's people who just don't yeah. want me breathing, period. So those people I had to eliminate. <laughs> but the other people who would say, you know, nasty things or sort of these erroneous comments, let me figure out what that is. And so then we can address what you think your issues are. In that, in that, that space of misinformation that creates the space for negativity and, and yeah. you know, misinformed uh, hateration. And hateration. So that's what we wanted to, to talk to you about. Like, there are all different ways you can become parents. Everyone's journey is different. Everyone's journey to surrogacy is different understanding how much surrogacy costs, understanding the legal aspects of surrogacy, understanding that surrogacy laws change from state to state, understanding that sometimes people use donor sperm, sometimes people use donor eggs, sometimes it is uh, the couple's own embryo. But there's all different kinds of routes to that. Whether the couple opts to share that with you should be on them. Yeah. You know, also understanding how to even have the conversation in a respectful, reasonable so, way. So that's that's what I'm looking for from the two of you, yeah. because there's so much ignorance around it. And it's just like any other situation where people are going through loss or experienced a tragedy. Sometimes people just don't know what to say. Yeah. What is the proper or appropriate and inappropriate thing to say to people who are going through IVF? Oh, IVF? Mm -hmm. Oh, um... How are you doing? Then you let that person tell you what they want to tell you. So is it anybody's business, whether it's your egg or his sperm or the, no. so that is not a proper thing to Not be, on the table. Not on the if table. If they want to offer that, because yeah. every couple is different. Some yeah. couples will tell you everything. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's a lot of information. Um, but that's their journey. And they want to be fully transparent. A lot of people have suffered losses that you cannot imagine. So how they got to their surrogacy journey or their IVF journey or their IUI journey or their Clomid journey even is really personal. Mm -hmm. So it's best to say, how are you doing? Is there anything I can do for you? Is there any the information question. that you want me to, yeah. to know? If I'm looking to go in to do an IVF cycle, is there information that I need to, to have to ask my doctor? So the, basically you all got to surrogacy because you had said, babe, Enough already. Yeah, right. we, we exhausted all possibilities from my wife. Well, there was one left. I had, there, was, there was a surgery. There was, there that was, was the one I was like... There, I, was, I, there was a surgery, and then there were these shots of Lupron, right? Yeah. Lupron is what a lot of doctors prescribe for people who have endometriosis and adenomyosis and fibroids or cysts where the pain is just debilitating. They can't function, not just mm -hmm. during their period, but just in life. And what Lupron does is put your body into early menopause, as long as you're on the shot, your body is in early menopause. So you're dealing with everything that comes with menopause, but it may, may eliminate pain, right? For us, because my adenomyosis in, in my uterus is right where most fetuses, embryos, implant and grow. My adenomyosis, we weren't having problems getting pregnant. My uterus was like 
oh, what is this? I'm Having going problems to- holding it. Yeah, so my, adenos, my adenomyosis would cover the developing fetus like the blob yeah. and, and snuff it out. Sometimes it let it get a little further along than others. Yeah. The Lupron would quiet that adenomyosis. And the goal was it would, the, the, the baby would have a chance to grow faster than the adenomyosis could cover it. But you decided not to do that. It was only a 30% chance. Okay. I was willing to take that 30% yeah, I wasn't chance. willing to take that chance with no. her. You know, it, like just all of the side effects. I was not willing to take that chance. You know. So you, you weren't willing to go there. No. So what's your relationship going to be like with the surrogate? Do you now continue a relationship with them or is yeah. it bye-bye in the mm. hospital? For us, and yeah. again, everyone is, is yeah. very different. Some people just, want their baby and it's like, thank you, God bless, good night. Some people have very open, you know, sort of relationships with their surrogate family and they continue to be a part of your family. We're two weeks in and we talk to them all the time. Their, their family is a part of our story. They're part what of our will Kavya, is, it, how do you, is that how you pronounce Kavya. it? Kavya. How, what will Kavya know about how she came into the world? Well, luckily she'll have this special, um, <laughs> so, so she'll know. But we want her to understand that she was so, loved and wanted. wanted and desired and protected um, and nurtured when she was just a thought. We want her to know everything that it took to bring her into this world, usually around the time she starts talking back and when she develops, <laughs> you know, that, yeah. the, 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 when she's like, now! Like, we want her to really understand what we went through. What do you um, think bringing a girl into all these boys is gonna do to the family? Well, it was needed. It was needed. Too <laughs> much must going around in the house. Uh, it was needed. Like even uh, 11 year old, he said, he said, Dad, it's too many. You know, my I got older boys who best friends now are always around at the yeah. house. So my, my my 11 year old was like, Dad, it's too many guys in the house. It's it's seven at all times. Like <laughs> we need it. You know, we needed this joy oh, in our family. But I, I think all of our boys, when they when they got a chance to to see their sister, hold their sister, they just fell in love with her, you know. So I, I think it was needed at this time. For all and of us. she's a very zen baby, so she just kind of, thank you, Jesus. God knew what kind of child to bring into the Wade household because she is very chill. She's easy to be around. You and haven't love. heard her one time since we've been here. No, we have not. With no. all of this, all of this going on. Our conversation will continue in the next episode. You can listen by downloading part two. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.